The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're jamming out. Raphael Fazeev is jamming out right now after picking up his sixth straight win and the biggest victory of his career. He closes the show in the opening seconds of round number five. Stops former champion Rafael Dos Anjos. And Raphael Fazeev is officially a player, ladies and gentlemen, in the loaded UFC lightweight division. Welcome to the UFC Vegas 58 post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us. We get Jed, we get Jose, we get EKC on the ones and twos. There he is. Let's get right into this, Jed Mishu, because... Let's get into it. Yes. Raphael Fazeev, what a performance. Tremendous job. I had it 3-1 heading into the fifth round. A lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people thought Fazeev was fading Heading into that fifth round, and RDA had an opening to maybe finish the fight and maybe steal this one. Fazee was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that, and just bolts RDA 18 seconds into round number five and gets it done. So your thoughts on Fazee's performance? Were you surprised that this fight played out the way that it did? I was. I mean, we talked beforehand. I was picking RDA. And RDA largely got to do a bunch of the stuff he wanted to do, but he couldn't secure the takedowns. And I do feel a little bit like maybe he got too wrapped up in in doing that grind uh, because he was not winning the striking exchanges by any any measure, but he was having success. And I think had he been more comfortable engaging in more protracted periods there, might have set up better openings for takedowns, which is kind of what I thought would happen. And instead, he was really focused on on getting to the body, kind of roughing him up in the clinch. But I... Fazeev impressed the hell out of me, man. Uh, I thought this kid was good. Thought he, uh, you know, was going to be kind of a, a guy in the top ten for the next few years, just hanging around. But I'm, I'm excited to see where he can go because that his ability, you know, RDA is not the greatest wrestler in the sport or at the division, but his ability to, uh, early on, he he had a little bit of trouble disengaging from clinches, like maybe in that first round when when RDA was at, at his most fresh. But 
he was giving no quarter anywhere. So it was uh, Artie would get the clinch, Fazeev would, uh, you know, uh, fight fight the hands, make sure he didn't get taken down, and then he'd clear out and break. Uh, consistently circled off the cage, found his opportunities, and that's great because some of the other young killers coming up in this division, Tush Gamrot, uh, Armin Sarukian, he's gonna need to be able to do that, and if he can. Uh, those fights become really interesting. So incredible performance from him. Really impressed. Uh, it looked a lot like I thought it would, only with Fazeev being way, way better than I thought he was, frankly. Yeah, I think we all sort of knew how good Fazeev's takedown defense was. We had an idea that he had good takedown defense, good wrestling defense. We were wondering what would happen if he ended up on his back. His takedown defense is even better than I thought it was, Jose. What did you think of Fazeev's performance overall and just the way he came out in that fifth round and closed the show when a lot of people watching the fight thought he was starting to sort of fizzle out heading into that fifth round? Does does Fazeev have good takedown defense? I don't think they talked about that once on the broadcast. Um, Yeah, I mean, I said we probably, I think in the the preview show, I didn't think even Casey said it in our Slack channel. Uh, I I, I know I said within the first round and a half, we'd probably have an idea of who was going to win this fight, and it pretty much played out like that. I, I, in that first round, it seems like RDA was trying to implement his game plan, and Fazeev just wasn't allowing him to, but he wasn't putting a ton of offense in. He was clearly winning the stand-up. He was clearly hitting harder, but it's not like he was you know rattling RDA in there. He was just winning the fight, which obviously at the end of the day is the most important thing. Yes, they are prize fairs. You want to win exciting, but... Uh, win is a win. You get the second half of your paycheck. So he was clearly winning the fight. I just don't think he was. I don't know how to phrase this, but he wasn't. He was just being annoying to RDA until he turned his lights out. So within the first round and a half, that's pretty much how the fight was playing. And then that's how the rest of the fight played out until he kind of landed that fastball to the jaw of RDA. So super impressed with Rafael uh, Rafael Fazeev. Sorry, Danny. I know I always sell Rafael. And then you text me complaining about it. I know you're going to watch this, so I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then you know Fazeev, he's just he's so good on his on his standing up. He just reminds me like you can tell the guys that have trained at Tiger, you know, like the Dan Hookers, the Volkanovski, the Pure yeah. Jans. They all yep. they all have that similar style of striking where they they hit really fast, really hard, and it's usually like one kick and then a follow up punch, and then you're rattled, and then they swarm, and that's just <laughs> Fazeev's bread and butter right there. So. Super, super, super impressive performance, especially at the end, because one of the big questions we had was, could he go five rounds? And not only did he go five rounds, did he not go five rounds? He ended the fight in the fifth round. So the fact that he has finishing power in the championship rounds is super impressive. My other question about RDA was, how can he perform against an opponent you know that has a full training camp? Because his last two opponents didn't have full training camps to prepare for him. Rafael Fazeev has essentially had two training camps to get ready for Rafael Dos Anjos, and his game plan worked to perfection because he knocked him out in the fifth round. So, yeah, Lightweight has a new uh, a new int- intriguing, scary boogeyman in the top ten, that's for sure. Yeah, Fazeev is a tank, too. Didn't, yeah. I didn't really realize how much of a tank he was until I actually like saw him in the octagon with RDA when they, when they faced off before the fight actually started. I'm like, damn, he might be like a little bit shorter than RDA, but that man is built like a tank. He just, it, that, that lower center of gravity helped him so much in this fight. And it was almost like, I'm not going to say he took the fourth round off, 
but he kind of cruised a little bit in that fourth round. And yeah, maybe he was getting a little bit tired, but you could tell it was full gas in that fifth and just put RDA away. It was an incredible performance. Well done by Rafael Fazeev. Jed, Fazeev is... Fazeev's just a fun dude. Like he's not the call out type. He's not the guy that's going to get on the mic and cut a Nate Diaz esque promo. Calls out. Well, always calls out. His- about to get it. Yeah, Rafael <laughs> Nadal's about to get it. I mean, I forgot who he- <laughs> I mean, Rafael forgot- Nadal is also, you know, he's injured dog. So yeah, calling out an injured tennis to- player I- is just fitting for this card, right? Who did he call? Like he called out someone really interesting. Like just he called out Vince Vaughn. He called out Hasbla, and now he's called out Rafael Nadal. Like the man calls his shot. But, you know, don't call out injured tennis players. They're they're all shook. They don't want that smoke, and I wouldn't want it either. Should he have thrown a name out there, Jen? Or is that just no, it would it just not be believable for him? It's just way more fun that this is his gimmick. Because this is a substantially more interesting way to do it. Because like. Who cares? Let's let's all just be honest. No one watched this card. No one's going to remember this card. He could have called that anyone. It doesn't matter. Um, this card was hard. This was a hard one for anyone who stayed the whole time. Uh, and so, honestly, the thing I will remember most is him being like, we have definitively established who the best Rafael is in the UFC. Now I want Nadal because that's just weird. And I at least recognize weird is fun and different. So where do we go from here, Jed? Fazeev's obviously got a, a, a pretty big fight coming up. How big do we get? I mean, are we do we do we go Gamrod here? Do we go a little higher than that? Do we do we think about a Gaethje or a Poirier type, perhaps? Like, what, what are we thinking for Fazeev moving forward in this division? That's just. Kind of weird, kind of logjam because we don't have an actual champion right now. It's very interesting in that respect. But what does this win do for Vaziv in terms of getting closer to the belt? Like, what what do you see could be next for him? They're probably going to do Gamrot, which is fine. Um, it'd be cool if if the old guys at the top of lightweight would stop fighting each other and just actually fight some of the new people and hold their positions down. Like that'd be dope. Because I would love to watch Fazeev fight Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje instead of Gaethje and Poirier and Chandler just all round-robbing each other forever. Uh, but, yeah, he's probably going to get Gamera, which is a good fight in a very different way. Uh, I mean, I'll be psyched to watch that fight, but it will be disappointing that that fight will happen and won't be a title eliminator because it, it, like, it feels like it should be because – those those dudes are the next dudes. Like the next five years of lightweight, those guys are the guys who are at it. We're just in this transition period where Dustin Poirier is still a top five guy. Tony Ferguson, for the love of God, is a top ten fighter according to the UFC, and honestly, maybe even our rankings. I don't know. You guys are kind of insane on Tony, um, but it's just it would be a lot cooler if those two were fighting for a title shot because that feels more true to where this division is and where this division's going even if maybe at this exact moment, that might not be where the division is. Yeah, there, there are options here for sure. Jose, what are we thinking for Fazeev? You like the Gamrod idea? I mean, it, it, we have to, there, there's, it's just a wild card. It's a throw of the dart right now because we don't know what's going to happen with Oliveira. We don't know if it's going to be Makachev. We assume that's where they're going, but maybe they go a different direction. There's Connor out there still. There's, Chandler, there's all these other names, but 
it's almost like we have to wait and see what the title fight actually is. Darius is another guy. Like, where do we go with Fazeev? Like, if you had the magic pencil, how are we doing this? Well, we're not going to pretend that Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor are relevant to this conversation. We're going to pretend we're going to live in this magical world where fighters are just going to accept the fights that I assigned them. So Charles can fight Islam. <laughs> uh, Dustin can fight Michael Chandler because apparently they hate each other. Uh, Benil Darius can now fight Fazeev because they're going to be ranked probably right next to each other. I don't I don't want because as Jed said, all these cats are just not fighting. They're just, you know, they're not fighting the younger generation this new generation. So why do we want to make the new generation fight each other and then knock each other off? I know the Armin Gamrot fight ruled and that fight happens when it happened and I'm not complaining, but like, so then Gamrot should fight Gaethje and then Armin should fight, you know, like a Tony Ferguson, Gregor Lesby type guy. Brad Riddell is still there. Jalen Turner just kind of catapulted himself into the top 15, top 10. So all of those guys can fight one another and we're not going to entertain the Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor's of the world until they actually have a fight. I know Nate Diaz wants to fight uh, on July 30th, that'll probably be a welterweight. He'll probably also actually, it definitely won't even happen on July 30th. It'll probably happen <laughs> further down, further down, like <laughs> if ever, and it'll be a welterweight. So I don't want him fighting a lightweight at welterweight. I want lightweights to find it lightweight because as we all know at MMAfighting.com, lightweight is the best division in mixed martial arts. Bantamweight is the number two. Welterweight, probably number three. So uh, all those cats can fight one another. Uh, Sean Shelby, you're welcome. I like, listen, there's nothing wrong with, with any of those suggestions right there. Uh, Nate is not in this conversation at all because he's not no. a lightweight anymore. He's fighting at 170. And yes, he might fight July 30th, but it'll be July 30th, 2023, more than likely, or whenever Connor's ready to come back. And they, that, that doesn't matter here. Hmm. Let's play the bonus game, gentlemen. Like Jed said, this was a, this was a long, this can't, can't this be hard. Long there's, there's <laughs> two hard. performances that get bonuses, man. This can't be hard. Yeah, I mean, Johnson, Michael Johnson, Jamie Malarkey has to be the fight of the night, right? There's no... I would imagine. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. They were really excited about the heavyweight fight for whatever day. They really were. They really were. I would probably... I'm going to say... We got bonuses. We got bonuses. Let me get. Let guess. How many are there? Two performances, one fight of the night. So, fight of the night, obviously, Malarkey Johnson, correct? I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to say Fazeev gets one. I agree. And I'm going to say uh, Cody Brundage gets the other. I also agree. He with probably should. He probably should have, but he didn't. Are you kidding? They gave it to Chase Ooh. Sherman. Those they absolute sure did, monsters. They gave it to Chase Sherman. I made money on Chase Sherman, and that is an insane choice. I I said that if this fight, I told New York Rick because I was like, do you think? that these two heavyweights will have a combined more total strikes landed than Ricky Tertios, which I think was a valid question because Ricky Tertios had like oh, 20 they, they landed. I know, but heavyweights, you never know. They could just, you know, not connect and then land one and then they die. Yeah, first one goes and down. Then I, and then I slacked him. I go, if this fight goes 15 minutes, I'll drink battery acid. And then like after two and a half rounds, I was like, my God. This might happen. And then Chase Sherman remembered he's he's a former bare-knuckle boxing champion and punched Jared Vanderas a lot in the face and stopped it. I was so close so there to you cashing go. by decision bets. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the whole fight. I was like, this is exactly what I thought it would be, and it's every bit as bad as I envisioned it could be. This was a reward for Chase Sherman. This was a, hey, you got to keep your job, plus you said yes to fighting Alexander Romanov on short notice, not once, but twice. Uh, 
So here you go. Here's here's 50 G's. Congratulations to Chase Sherman. So the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Great night uh, for Rafael, Rafael Faziv. Man, I'm, I'm excited this fight's over because we don't have to mess up those names any longer and we don't get the, the Danny Rube texts about, no, 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 it's not Rafael, it's Rafael. Uh, Kyle Baraglio. Oh, now we have a yeah, Ralph. Kyle Baraglio. Yep. <laughs> Fine. I mean, he won. So there you go. Uh, he calls out Drickus Duplessis. Just not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I would have okay call out if you weren't, if that fight wasn't what it was. Like, that wouldn't have been a bad call out if it wasn't a snoozer. Yeah. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov, that was a fun fight with Douglas Silva de Andrade. Gets the win. Chase Sherman, Jared Vandera did Chase Sherman, Jared Vandera things. Eamon Zahabi's got himself a win streak going on against Ricky Tercios, who threw very little and landed way less. Just not the type of performance a lot of people expected out of the uh, Ultimate Fighting Champion, Ultimate Fighter Champion. Jamie Malarkey, Michael Johnson had themselves a scrap and a half. It was everything we hoped for and more. There was some controversy with the judging, though, Jed. I, listen, this is not a robbery by any stretch of the imagination. This is a close fight. Could have gone either way. I scored the first round for Michael Johnson. Two judges disagreed with me, but it was just a great fight. It just It's one of those things where it's just like, damn. Like I wish Michael Johnson just got a flat fee to fight and we didn't have to worry about win bonuses and show money because he deserves everything after a fight like that. It would be way cooler. We wouldn't even be having these conversations right now, but I'm not going to say robbery, but was Johnson hosed? Do you think he was hosed a little bit tonight? So we were talking about this off, off air when the fight was happening. I missed the most of the first round uh, because I, my dog was trying to poo in the house and I didn't want that to happen for obvious reasons. Um, so I had to go take care of that because uh, nature calls for animals when it does. It's how that True. works. Uh, so I can't speak confidently to whether he was host because I, I, I don't know enough about what happened in the first round. Uh, I will say it seemed like most people mm-hmm. felt that Michael Johnson won that fight, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'll have to watch it to be confident. In in my assessment, but to your other point, I'll keep this very brief. If there's ever been an argument, and there have been plenty of them, but this is like the poster child of an event for why win bonuses are stupid, because a lot of these fights just sucked, and it's way cooler to have everyone pay a flat fee and pay a finish bonus 
because that will incentivize better outcomes for you as a promotion. Because like, I don't know, Kyle Baraglio backpacking a dude for 10 minutes is dominant, but like, it would have been cool if he tried to do anything other than the same two setups to get that RNC that clearly wasn't ever going to work. That would have been more interesting. It was like, ah, this isn't going to work and I'd like to make an extra 50 grand. So I should try a different way to defeat my opponent instead of being like, win bonus, baby. I just sit here as a human backpack and I will get two paychecks. It's let's get away from that because Michael Johnson does deserve to get a flat fee. Like that is just how things should work in this day and age. Well said. Well said. Jose, did did you watch the entirety of that fight? Mm-hmm. And if so, do you feel like – I don't think robbery is the right word, but I think the step below is like hosed. Yeah, look at that. I yeah. mean, most people scored it for Johnson. And I have to – I am I am going to go back. That's, the 29-27 is crazy. That's that's just a – and I, I respect Sean and the way he – Sean, uh, he is, He's dove into scoring in the criteria, but – I think he gave a 10-8 to Malarkey in the second, which I just don't see. It was a clear round for Malarkey, but three was a clear round for Johnson, and I thought one was a clear round for Johnson. But I have to go back and watch it. A lot of people are saying there was a knockdown in that first round for Malarkey, although it was not scored a knockdown. He was Johnson was clear, was certainly wobbled in the moment, but Johnson had a, like a, a legit straight knockdown. So I don't know, man. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I scored two rounds to one for Michael Johnson. And when I was doing Twitter reacts for the site, it seems like I would say like a lot of obviously Jamie Malarkey's from that part of the world. It's like the Volkanovskis and like the Brad Riddells of the world. They were all like, oh, like Jamie Malarkey pulled it off this and that. Everyone else thought Michael Johnson was robbed to the point where Courtney Casey tweeted, I'm mad at my score. I'm mad at my decision. Michael Johnson should be livid. Like those were her words, and they both fought yep. on the same card, and they were both controversial. So uh, his fellow his fellow fighters are very upset over the fact that he lost. And I actually did. I, I think I tweeted something like, "I scored it for Michael Johnson, but I'm not going to be mad at you. You scored it for Jamie Malarkey. It was it was a very close fight. I just had it two rounds to one uh, for Michael Johnson. Yeah, it was a great fight. It was a great fight. Uh, yeah, I was gonna bring up the Courtney oh, Casey Courtney thing. Johnson. That was that was a great that was a great tweet by Courtney Casey. Yeah. Excellent tweet. Uh, another she split decision loss for Courtney Casey. <laughs> she can't be mad. Look, you ever heard the phrase? If you wake up in the morning and you meet an asshole, you met an asshole. But if you wake up in the morning and you keep running assholes all day, you're the asshole. If you lose five split decisions, something that you're doing is wrong. Like you're either the unluckiest person alive or you need to reevaluate what you're doing. And that is exactly how I feel about this. Cause like when she tried hard, she won the fight. Like she was winning the fight when she tried really hard. And the rest of the time when she consented to a weird kickbox, like not even kickboxing, just standing in kicking range when she wasn't kicking back, she lost the fight. But then when she was like, I don't care about this anymore. I'm just going to come punch you in the frigging face. She was Blowing Anthony's doors off. This is on you, Courtney Casey. You can't be mad about that split D because it's it's death taxes and split decisions for the losses for Courtney Casey. Like that's it. Yep. So yeah, that and the Caitlin Chukagian by decision. Death taxes. Those kids. Two, two safest. Two safest bets in MMA right there. Never Absolutely. let you down. Yep. I felt like Courtney had a lot of success on the feet in that third round, and then she went for the takedown. I was like. 
You had her. You had her. I still thought she won the fight, but it is what it is. Uh, good win for Cody Brundage. I did. I, I I was questioning the strategy from Cody Brundage. Like he got the takedown, and then Trayshawn's like kicking him in the legs. I'm like, I know Cody's a tough dude, that? but I don't know if I love the strategy. And then he just goes up and bolts Trayshawn Gore. That was impressive. Uh, David Onama gets the arm triangle choke. Garrett Armfield showed up to scrap. Uh, up a weight class. It was a good first competitive first round, but it's just the the size, the strength advantage for Anamo is just way too much for him. Uh, Kennedy and Sachuku just bulldoze poor Carl Roberson. That was uh, the, Carl I mean, Robert. The, the Carl, Carl, I felt really Carl, bad for that guy today. <laughs> Carl Roberson would be a really good 195 pound fighter. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, a guy was sold. He was just so. I was so. Uh, some friends are over at, at the lake house or whatever, and they were watching it with me. And they were like, That one man is so much bigger than that other man. I was like, I know. Uh, he's probably going to win this fight, not because of any like technical brilliance, but largely because he is an enormous human being. And Carl Robertson is not. And his takedowns weren't like the most unbelievable entries. It was just like, I'm bigger than you, fall over. <laughs> <laughs> and he spent two he did the same there was so much of this in this fight card where fighters just did a bad like maybe not a bad thing but they did a thing that wasn't working and they just never stopped doing it and Ken, and kennedy for the first two rounds was like i'm going to continue trying the same rnc setup that is very clearly not working and then the minute he was like you know what screw it i'm just gonna elbow you in the head fight was over like he i was the whole time i was like dude just just punch him. Just hit him. Just hit him. All you do is hit him. He goes like, oh, I'm just going to elbow him. Oh, we're done here. We're done now. Oh, so much of that fight card. Yeah. Wild. Kennedy looked Kennedy was was on it was on one tonight for sure. And uh very impressed with Syed Yakub Hakramanov tonight. That dude is a player at 135. That was an incredible performance against Ronnie Lawrence, who's a really good prospect, and he just sort of ran him over. Like basically did he basically Ronnie Lawrence, Ronnie Lawrence, and did it way better. That was really impressive stuff. So for Side Yukub Hakramanov, another interesting name at 135 pounds. So all right. Shall we go to the peeps? Am I frozen? There we go. No, yeah. Internet stinks. Uh you're, you're frozen. Right. Uh let's go to the peeps, Casey. All right. Let's go to the peeps. Hello, I think you can hear me, and ask, that's good. Ask us fun questions, peeps. <laughs> Yeah, we I, I, talk I about all the, the podcast. If anyone says Javier Dos Anjos, it is now for the rest of eternity. Ralph, 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 Ralph Dos Anjos. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that in our stories and just see how long <laughs> I can change get the away SEO with that. headlines. Everything is Ralph Dos Anjos. All right, uh, who we got? Yeah. <laughs> Oops, hold on a second. Too small. Uh, can we call it quits on Baraglio main card fights, let alone co-main event? Yeah, I have a hard time believing is going to be fighting in a co-main event for his next fight. But I don't. They, there was no reason for him to be in the co-main event either these other two times. They just did it. They're going to do it again. Dare them. They'll do it. See if they care. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of questions about Michael Johnson. We kind of talked about that. I thought Michael Johnson won. Also... Um, how about this? Oh well, yeah, we kind of talked about this already too, but I don't. Know uh, yeah, did Anthony Shevchenko actually beat Courtney Casey 
in my point, Antonina got lucky because of her last name. I don't think that had much to do with it, if we're being honest. If her name was Antonina Jones, I still think she wins. I think there's a chance Antonina Jones might have been released a while back, but that's not why she won tonight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, why she won tonight is because I think everything Jed said earlier. Cordy Casey just stood there and got kicked for so long. There was so much of people doing a thing that wasn't working and just being like, yep, this is what I want to do. This is where I'd like to be right now. You know, actually, there, there might be a little truth to this question because maybe Courtney Casey actually just because of the name. If it was Antonio Jones she was fighting, maybe she wouldn't have been so hesitant. I don't know. But because she has that name, maybe. that Courtney Casey know, is a better that, fighter than that tonight. But that's she, how, that's what, that's she what showed awful up. awful so. for a lot of that fight. Yeah. But also sometimes Courtney Casey just looks awful. That kind of is just who she is as a fighter. She's maddening because she clearly has more talent than she ever executes in the cage for the most part. Yeah. I I think that's why she's still in the UFC, honestly. Even though she's she's only she's ten and ten right now. Do you think ooh God, she's ten and ten. Jeez. Um not that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And then you still be employed. That's pretty impressive. Uh, you know what? We didn't talk about this. From our good friend, Sheila. Uh, hey, Sheila. Oh, no. I thought Artie Fazeev was a very early stop, and do you think Mark Smith ended up doing it because of how late he stopped Vendera Sherman, or did you think it was a perfect stoppage? I thought it was I thought it was a fine stoppage. I didn't think there was an issue with Vendera Sherman either. So just for the record, yeah. he jumped in as soon as, as soon as Vendera functionally quit and just sat down and was like, all right, we're done here, which I think was fine, but no. Uh when it first happened, I thought it was a little – I was like, oh, that seems weird. And then when you see that replay and the, the deadbolt physique fires into him, like, oh, yeah, we're good here. That, that, that was done bolt. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. one of those. Once you saw the replay, we were all like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. Um, yeah, but thank you for the question, Sheila. Yes. Um, what else we got? Who's next for RDA? Dan, yeah, I, I'd be okay with that fight. No. Nope. Conor McGregor, baby. Conor McGregor. It finally makes sense. You, really, you think it, I'm, is I'm, that what I'm we want Jose. or is that going to happen? No, that's what I want. I think, want. I, I think it could be both. Hmm. They I have, mean, there's a, like there's I a said, world where like they I get said, Conor the title fight. Yeah, there is a world. If if Charles Oliveira fights Islam Makachev in Abu Dhabi and beats him for the vacant title, because let's let's not have Charles fight Connor for the vacant title because then Charles doesn't get pay per view points because he's not a reigning champion. If Charles beats Islam, if he goes to Abu Dhabi and does do you a favor and fights Islam in the Middle East and wins, and he goes, you know what, I want to fight Connor on that rumored January card in Brazil, just do it. Connor wants to fight in Brazil. Charles has pretty much been everyone in the top five, and he would have been in Islam in Abu Dhabi in a place no one wants to go fight. What are they going to say? No, just do it. So, if but if that's not the case, then Char, then uh, Connor RDA is a perfectly fine fight. They were supposed to fight once before at lightweight. Why not make it again at, at welterweight? They have history there. The beef's there. Like I said in the previous show, Connor has all these fingers and these weird feuds that just are irrelevant, but the sizzle is there for a fight. So I think that's the fight to make. Plus, they're using a lot of champions in a very short amount of time. And every time they do that, they have to cancel a pay-per-view because they don't have anyone to headline. Connor RDA can headline a pay-per-view. Yeah, that makes sense. 
fully with Jose on this. My only question is, I mean, I know Connor would take the fight, but I still think Connor loses that fight. Sure, that's yeah. We, if if they book it, I would favor R- still. I would favor RDA for sure. Um, but I still want to watch that fight. I was interested in the uh, fight the yeah. first time they booked it. I was really bummed out that that fight fell out. I mean, the Nate fight was awesome too, but I wanted to see Connor RDA. I have, a, I have a question for you, gentlemen. Is RDA is how far past his how far past the championship version of RDA are we seeing? Did we see tonight? Or, or 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 has the lightweight division just gotten better? I think it's a little combination mm, a little of both. both. Yeah, I think his because it's hard to say because he was two and zero at lightweight, but, the, but well, I guess one of those fights was a catchweight against Moicano. Um, I think his because even his welterweight run was weird because he beat the brakes off of Robbie Lawler and then got pieced up by Colby Covington. Like it's and then he got smashed by Camaro, but then he also like tapped Neil Magny when Neil Magny was on that long run. Just RDA's had a strange career of ups and downs, but he only loses to the best and only beats the best. Yeah, yeah, and it's think, not like like. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just gonna say. I think you can kind of pretty clearly see that he is not what he was physically at points in time. I mean, he's still his conditioning was a dude was not breathing hard at all after really tough twenty minutes of fighting. But you could see his his he is a little slower. He is relying more on timing of his strikes than on just being an athlete. It's like doesn't have as much pop. These like, are the guys that RDA older. has. These are the guys that RDA has lost to dating back to 2014. Fazeev, everyone thinks is a top five lightweight. Mike Chiesa is like a giant compared to uh, RDA. Leon Edwards about to fight for the title. Kamar Usman, pound for pound best. Colby Covington, you the second best welterweight in the world. Tony Ferguson, when Tony Ferguson hadn't lost yet in Mexico in altitude. Eddie Alvarez, one of the five greatest lightweights ever, and then Habib Nurmagomedov. Like, if you make a list of the top 25 MMA fighters from the last 10 years, RDA has lost to, like, a chunk of those and beaten a huge chunk of those, too. Because, like, look, Pettis, Cowboy, uh, Nate Diaz, Benson, Lawler, Prime Pettis, like, like Felder, Kevin Lee, Tarek Safadine. Safadine. Prime Tarek Safadine, the final Man, I strike. Tarek Safadine existed. The final strike force champion and one half of the first ever main event on UFC Fight Pass. Tarek Safadine and RDA beat him. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing too, like, like I, I agree with everything you're saying, but RDA, it's not like like those first three rounds. Like no. I felt like RDA lost Some. all three of those rounds. Yeah, but he was very competitive in the first. Yeah. I thought he was very competitive in the third. Second, I thought was a clear. I thought Fazeev won the first three rounds. Second was the clearest one, but he was very competitive in one and three. It's not like he got run over in those rounds. Like these were like, you know what I mean? Like he was competitive in this fight until it was over. Round he's four. Since he's an all time great fighter. And like, round four felt like the entire. Uh, his fight versus Anthony Pettis, when, when, round four sure. tonight felt like, and that's what when, when the fight was going on, like especially the first two rounds, I was like, oh, Fazeev feels like a better Anthony Pettis, or at least a stronger Anthony Pettis, you know, in a sense. Much, yeah, and I, Much, I think RDA I mean, had kind of the same game plan. It just wasn't working until the fourth round, and then unfortunately in the fifth round, unfortunately for him, Ralph got knocked out. But um, yeah. Has anyone yeah. had a better UFC career that started 0-2 in the UFC than RDA? Oh. I mean, that's hard 
to think, but Ooh, uh, tough to imagine. That's he was. Oh, he started. Jeremy Stevens broke his face in his UFC debut. That's like, he, with, that metal plate is still remains, there. That remains one of the funniest punches I've ever seen because it was a legitimate Mortal Combat thrown from like his ankle upper. Ankles, yeah, it was not. It yeah. was not like a clean. T- it was like I'm gonna chuck this from here and just <laughs> duke you into the ozone. It's unbelievable. It's a tough. So I don't even know like. Who else has started or, owing to that's had that good of a career? That's still in the, the UFC. Thing. You, ju- you, just ha- you just have to find who has better careers than RDA. And there are like maybe 15 people who have had better UFC careers than RDA. So, And I, I would strongly doubt any of them started owing to. Eddie won, Eddie won his second fight, right? I know he lost his first fight in UFC. He won his who? second Eddie, Eddie? Eddie, yeah. tech, Eddie technically won his first three fights. He lost all of them and then got a title shot and then won. Oh. <laughs> well, he lost the first one to Cowboy, but then he beat um who was it? Gilbert and Pettis, but they were like grindy split decisions against yeah. the fence. He's that or, yeah, 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 yeah. Both splits, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. Uh it's gonna be hard to think of somebody who would have a better career than him and have started O and two. Like I just looked it up. Like Dustin Poirier has never lost two fights in a row. And RDA started O and two in the UFC. And they're both still just like breaking faces in the top ten of lightweight. Who have we yeah. seen come into the UFC and get just not two losses in a row, but take just a horrible loss in their first fight, and then come back to be an all-time great? Maybe Max Holloway when he fought. No, Dustin well, Max here. Max won his first fight. Oh, he did. I believe. That was yeah. I, was I, I think. Against Dustin. Uh, oh no, you're right. You are right. If no, I he lost, yeah, he but lost. he was like he was like three and zero. Oh was like that, his right? first fight Dustin though? He yeah, was he was like eighteen years old or something. Yeah, yeah. he was twenty. He's tw- I think yeah, that I mean, was a late minute. That was a last minute fight. He was. Too. He was late too. He yeah. late noticed too. Already I'm, always had one of those like super interesting weird careers because of that. It was just like mm-hmm. for most of his career, and even for being honest, like even when he was a lightweight champion, he wasn't the best lightweight in the world. Habib absolutely wrecked him, but then Habib was dead for two years, and so <laughs> RDA just got the belt. But like it during that whole time, everyone was like, "Cool, you're great. This is feel good story." But like. That dude over there obviously is better than you because he took you down 40 times. So it's he's had just a super fascinating career. He's, he's, I mean, he's certainly in the top 35 fighters in UFC history, if not top 25. And people forget what like a giant upset it was career. when he beat Pettis, too. That wasn't, he was Pettis, the Pettis, to Pettis thing was insane. Yeah. Yeah, not even a yeah. little bit supposed to be Pettis. Yeah, yeah. We, Pettis was supposed to be the dude who finally like is going to consolidate and put together a real run. And it was like, actually, never mind. He'd be a Gilbert Melendez. And then there's that's it. the the Circle K. You guys know what Circle Ks are, Jed? And yeah, yeah, I do. My So the Circle sure K do. down the Circle K down the street for me still has the Monster Energy Drink uh, promo with Anthony Pettis, Ronda, and Kane and their belts. I thought awesome. those three were never going to lose at one point. They were looked all unstoppable. I mean, yeah, they all did too. It was just things move quickly, which yeah. is why, which is why I don't care. Not that I don't care, but why I don't want to see Alexander Volkanovsky go up to lightweight because we thought a lot of people were unstoppable. And then, and this is a sport where things move real fast. And I want to see guys like Arnold Allen get a shot at him. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, did we answer what's next for RDA? Oh, yeah, we did Connor. That's, I was going to say, did we yeah. even answer that question, Connor? <laughs> Ralph, the disrespect. That's his name. Hey, listen. That's, that's not disrespect. A chance the to contract. fight for his name. In the contract. He didn't, he didn't do what he needed to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so still close. Yeah, it was close. Still close to the old days. Well, the answer is already – I can't think of anyone that's had a better career that started 0-2 in the UFC. Yeah, who's next? I'm who's next, Vardy? Right. I mean, Connor. I mean, we, we oh yeah, Connor. Connor's Connor. fine. Yeah. Connor, all right. Connor's fine. I would also like if if Dustin Poirier would just fight a young dude who will beat him, that would be sick. Because like Matush Gamera will just tackle him and run run the hell out of him on the floor. That would be dope. And then we can finally stop having Poirier as like a top lightweight. We could do fun fights. And like I would love to watch Poirier RDA fight. That would be a great fight. Let's do that. Yep. But first, DP needs to give up his ranking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't, if it's not Connor, unfortunately, he's, he might have to fight like Sarukian, which would just be awful for him. I d- think. D- that's. I mean, you can run back Tony Ferguson. I like that. I wouldn't that hate that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's fine, except Ooh. for that they're both highly ranked in the UFC, which is it's a different thing. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, take, take a couple more. Um, I, 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 just, I need to get more from Jed about the heavyweight fight. Oh, oh yeah. I meant, I meant to say, yeah, I meant to tee this up for you, Jed, because uh, <laughs> someone tweeted and they wanted to hear your take. I believe it was from Robert. Uh, Jed's heavyweight hot was, take corner. Go. It was way more fun than that fight should have been. It was really not good. Um, it, there were a lot of things that were not awesome to watch technically, but they were scrapping. It was fun. I just want to throw a shout out to my co-host. I forgot what you called him on the preview show, Jose, but it was funny Humble as hell. Cat. Uh, yeah, whatever that one is. Uh, Connor Burks, who on No Bets Bar this past week, uh, almost put Jared Vander on a parlay, which is hilarious to me just to start. <laughs> and then uh, – Mike, as we talked about in the preview show, the the pre-fight show, uh, convinced apparently convinced you and some other people that Vanderbilt by decision or or by submission was a was a great bet. Well, here's here's the problem when you get advice from a guy who's been watching MMA for a year. Don't do that. (laughs) Look, my only issue because all of his logic was mostly sound, but it hinged on the piece, and he admitted himself. That I'm anticipating that you know BJJ black belt Jared Vandera is going to have good mm. fight IQ and take Chase Sherman down, submit him. Mm-hmm. And as I pointed out on No Bets Bar, and we'll do so again, you are banking on the fight IQ of a man who willingly grappled with Alexi Olenek after hurting him on the feet. So, and as we saw, zero takedown attempts, mm-hmm. and just ended up getting I mean competitive on the feet until he got deaded. So hey. yeah. Let's never watch that fight again. That's that's I, my take. Let's I be hope, done. I with hope that the UFC fight. keeps him around because I really enjoy his um uh his ring announcement. He does a little wave. I I, I appreciate that. I don't, I don't dislike yeah, the Vendera. dude, but it's just like oh, I get it. I know. Like what are we what are we doing? Zero and three and zero and four heavyweights. Like what are we doing at the at near top of the card too. You know what's yeah. you know what's fun about Jared Vandera though is he looks completely different every time he fights. He's either got long hair and a long beard, <laughs> or he's got a shaved head and no beard. And, like he just looks complete like a different person every time he fights. Keep it's, you on your toes. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. 
But Chase Sherman should fight Chris Barnett. That is absolutely the fight to make. There's no other fight to make. If Chase um, is, if Chase, if uh, if Chris Barnett's ready to come back, did have a oh, yeah. tragedy in the family. He said it. No, I know that. And listen, Chase, Chase, Chase took a little bit of a beating tonight, so he's he ain't coming back for for a few months. I'm sure. It was impressive to watch Chase Sherman do an infinite amount of slipping and head movement. Uh, for everything that wasn't a very basic jab, because all he did was get a jab tethered to his face. And then when he was like very far away, do a bunch of rolls. I'm like, what is happening right now? What is going on in this fight? Unbelievable. It was fun. We needed also, that one. We, we we actually needed that fight at that was moment. Way, because that was after the, it was way the more fun than it had any fight. right to be. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Shouts. Can we can we talk about Ricky Tercios for just a moment? Yeah, let's, because let's go, let's go for it. This is this is not a hot take. This is this is I truly believe this. If you attempt in any capacity two hundred strikes and land twenty of them, you should be corollary to my previously established rule, where if you attempt fifteen takedowns or whatever the number I set and succeed in zero of them, uh, you just immediately lose the fight. That is. I feel the same with Ricky Tercios's weird uh, Kia. We're just going to call it a Kia, even though it's not it, mm-hmm. and just never hitting anything close to hitting. Um, yeah, you should just you should leave the organization until you learn how to fight because that's that was awful. It was awful, awful, awful. Yeah, not a not a great. If RDA didn't get that one takedown, he was going to be like one for something one for like at least i wonder what his numbers were because a lot of it i mean he definitely got stuffed on some takedowns but after the first round it felt like he mostly just went to clinches because he was trying to do the clinch thing he wasn't like in on a single leg or whatever i understand yeah yeah uh he ended up with he was happening he was two of 16 on takedowns. And that one takedown two. was I can't, not a takedown. I can't believe they gave him that first that one. Was not, there was one great takedown. That, that one they counted was not a takedown. That was, even DC was like, no, wherever he was watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Artie, I mean, the, yeah, that's, what, that's what the fight yeah, I was thinking yeah, of for yeah. the takedowns. That was awful. Chris Curtis. Um, yep. I think we're good. Uh, All right, well, you guys to answer my own question over okay. some other fighters who have started 0 and 2 uh, to the UFC career that went on to have a good career, Misha Tate started 0 and 2. Ronda Rousey and Kat. And then oh, that, Kat that tracks. So comparable. Start, both champ, both ended up being champions in the UFC. Very so, different 0 and 2. Yeah, so. started off a title fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Misha Tate's first fight wasn't a, Misha Tate's first fight wasn't a title fight. It was against Kat in the co-main event of oh, a tough Oh, Kat. Kat was first. Yeah, Kat but, lost. That was a tender fight but cat blew her yeah. knee out and then misha Kane couldn't do it on tough but misha they are a little different misha was just an established fighter who had already been champion before whereas mm-hmm. rda was dude i i didn't think rda was ever gonna i'd written him off as a champion it's like this dude's whatever and then suddenly he was fighting for the belt very like randomly and, and won it and then moved up to welterweight and beat the hell out of some really good welterweights great career Ooh. So Fazeev at the uh, post-fight presser had a call-out, and not Nadal. It was Justin Gaethje. He actually called for Justin. Yeah. So there you yeah, go. A, a lot of, a lot of people will take it. it. I love a lot that of people fight. are calling out Justin Gaethje. That fight would rule. Yeah, I, 
I love that fight. Gaethje's about to get surgery on his nose, I believe. So he's going to be out. He's hoping to get back by the end of the year. Um, I think the timing would actually line up pretty nicely for those two guys to fight. So, yeah, I love I love that idea. I don't know, I don't know if it happens, but I love that idea. Gaethje's got to find fine. somebody. You can't have yeah. a better person mm-hmm. outside of Connor. Uh, I would say Connor is the actual correct Gaethje. If I can pick I, I, one I know fight, we've been wanting that fight forever. We've been wanting the Connor-Gaethje fight forever. It, it's the most exciting fight in MMA history on paper. Like, I don't think it, there's even a close second. If you put that on paper, that is – if I can make one fight, Connor versus like if I Justin, had that, yeah, on paper it's the most exciting fight in the history. I was, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been wishing about that fight for a long time, but mm. both dudes get performance bonuses in literally every fight out, and just the way they match up, and the way they'll talk shit. It's, it's just if if I if I could make a wish, one fight, that's it. That's been that way. Uh, that's been the one fight I've wanted for ten years. However, and it's a fight I wish like, in the contract. It's best two out of three, too. Like, I don't know. I I don't wish any I person don't, to fight Justin Gaethje multiple times. <laughs> yeah, because I that was going to say life. that seems like a fight where the loser gets a six month medical suspension. So like that, I'm not <laughs> oh, waiting. Yeah. I'm not waiting two years to watch a winner fight twice. We have it on a we have an inter, international barge in open in like open waters. <laughs> Yeah. Pride. I rules. love I mean, that. That fight's then, great. Then it can be pride. Pride rules. Ten minute first round. God bless him, dude. I don't. I honestly don't think that fight gets out of the first round anyway. No Those two oh, dudes yeah. are just. No they're just gonna mash until one of them falls over. You're the best. Yeah, the two ultimate getter get got guys, and yeah, that fight would just be absolutely spectacular. So I will. I will be in attendance should that fight ever happen. There's. I don't care where they put it on the moon. I'm going to them. If they book that fight somewhere on the same day as a KSW card and MMA fighting would send you to KSW. Oh, okay. No. All right. I'll, wow. I'll buy my own right. ticket to KSW later. I'm, I'm going to Connor Gage <laughs> if that ever happens. I was curious. All right. There you go. Well, we're done. You hear the music, so we're out of here. So AK and I will be back doing some more matchmaking tomorrow on, on to the next one. And then it's on to UFC Long Island, everybody. So for Jed, for Casey, for Jose, was it, I am Mike Is it into Jack. UFC Long Island, Mike? God, God bless. <laughs> God bless Alex Verdugo. We're out. Yes. Love you guys. Dugo. Doogie. Love you all. Way to be, baby. Clutch, dude. I miss you, Mookie. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Why is this poster so spooky? listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.